0: It's another Sunday night and another month in comedy, and tonight we're checking in with the Maritimes to find out what's happening on the East Coast during all of this mayhem. It's the Comedy Roundup, I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke.
1: Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio
2: 640
0: Toronto. Welcome back to another all new Inside Jokes baby right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and of course streaming coast to coast. Canada-wide on the Global News Radio Network, brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you wait in line for a vaccine, more clearly. How about that? It is another month gone by. It's time again for our roundup. We got a full panel on the show tonight. We're checking in with the Maritimes, which we haven't done, I want to say, since pre-pandemic. So I'm really curious what's been going on out there and how the scene has changed and where they're moving next. We, of course, have our producer, Vince Tedesco, on the line. How you doing, buddy?
3: I'm good there, buddy. How you doing there, bud? Right, we should yeah, all be doing the... Talk? That's maritime talk.
0: Yeah, we should all be doing the, I gotta ditch my Fargo accent here and get into, like, the Jimmy Flynn talk for the next oh, hour. There, geez, oh, geez, a comedy <laughs> show down here, eh, bud? Yes, yes, bye. It's, you know, it's interesting, though, Vince, because we have, I mean, we've spent a lot of time this past year checking in with New York, checking in with L.A., especially when so much, you know, craziness was going on in the States, and we have a lot of uh, Canadian comics that sort of ended up being stranded there for lack of yeah. a better word and there's vancouver vancouver pumping out montreal. albums all year alberta kind of still had a touring scene for a good chunk of the pandemic and of course mm. here in toronto montreal last week we were talking to bruce hills about what's what that's going to look like this summer with festival season and jf excited and all that. excited but it's, it's been uh it's been a minute vince as the kids say since we've checked in with the east coast since we've yeah what's i like in what in you maritime. said maritimes
3: mayhem let's maritime's get into mayhem the- so we, we got, got a, a stack full, panel,
0: we got a stack panel, we got a full crew, cause I don't know, they've been doing interesting stuff out there and it's, it's a part of the country that has generated a ton of comedy over the years. I mean, we're going back to like CODCO, this hour is 22 minutes, you got, you know, all these comics that came out of there, but it's sort of like, I feel like a lot of Canadians sort of overlook it. We're always like talking about Quebec and Ontario and Vancouver. Uh, so we're going to yes, see what sure. they've been up to, we've got a full panel right here on Inside Jokes. Brought to you of course by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you read Twitter troll comments on your live feeds since 2020. We've got, we're going to the East Coast, we have not checked in really, shame on us in a way, we haven't really checked in with Maritimes Comedy in a while, like pre-pandemic for sure. So we rounded up a full panel tonight for the roundup, we've got comics out on the East Coast, We'll name them off and where they're at. We've got Claire Belford on the line. How are you doing, Claire?
4: Good, thanks. Hi, how are you?
0: We're good. I mean, we're going to talk to you about what your sort of impressions of the scene are because, I mean, you, you know, you moved out there and you've managed to stay busy despite the slight global pandemic that's been <laughs> happening and uh, a few, a few changes in the comedy business. Uh, but of course, I was saying before the show started, Claire, uh, you and your brother, Scott Belford, also another noted Canadian comic, you guys just kind of move all over the country every few months and live and work in different places. I don't know if you're there to stay. You guys have been everywhere except Baffin Island at this point. (laughs)
4: Yeah, I would love to get out there. I it's the scene is great.
0: There you go. You can go build like another Empress room up there. Uh, We have Travis Lindsay on the line. Travis, how you doing?
3: Yeah, good, man. Thanks for having me.
0: I know you guys have. I mean, you know, it's interesting talking to comics all over the map this past year because people have sort of you know, rolled with the punches and figured out a way how to adapt to this stuff and, and crank out their own content and build their own audience from home and I know you have some stuff coming up we'll get into later. We have an old friend from here in Toronto, Sean Hogan. How you doing there, bud?
1: Hey, good man. Thanks for having me too.
0: And of course you. So, this is another thing we're going to get into on the panel today is we saw a lot of comics who had, you know, come from different scenes all over the country and made the move to Toronto once they sort of built up their repertoire and built up their club work and all that. We saw kind of an exodus this year of a lot of comics going back to their home scenes of the pandemic and going near family and stuff so we're gonna see what that's been like for you and last but certainly not least somebody I've wanted to have on the show here for a while we've got Matt Wright out in Newfoundland how you doing Matt
2: I'm good thank you thanks for having me
0: and all of you guys so I mean the first thing I really want to get into because you know we haven't we haven't really checked in with you know east coast comedy in a little while like I said pre pre-covid for sure and we've never really delved into sort of what the heart of east coast comedy is because I feel like you know, Canadian comedy has always been of course very regional and everything's every little pocket is sort of known for a different thing. Alberta has always been sort of as Claire knows you know this sort of holy land of road work even, even during a huge part of the pandemic that was still sort of going on Montreal of course has just for laughs and all of the offshoots that sprung out of that and the scene that sort of built around that Ottawa has, has spawned you know some of our biggest Canadian comics ever. It's always been this sort of comedy factory. I think a lot of that is born out of bureaucracy and suburban boredom probably. <laughs> you know, you get these great club comics from there. And of course, here in Toronto, Toronto is sort of the hub that everybody flocks to from different scenes which we've seen happen a lot, but we've seen sort of a reversal on that. But the East Coast has sort of its own flavor. I mean, I feel like obviously you could all pinpoint that in different ways. What what is it that sort of sets East Coast comedy apart because I think a lot of Canadians kind of in a way forget about how much stuff has been generated out of there, how much comedy has been born there. I feel like there's this sort of laid-back, like, joie de vivre in the East Coast. There's sort of this own attitude to comedy out there. What really sums it up to you guys?
4: The first thing that comes to mind for me is, like, noticeably fun the audiences are here. I feel like people are very appreciative of any kind of performance out here. So it really, like, it's very
0: motivating. Like, there's this sort of this laid-backness to it, I guess, right? Like... Do you guys find that audiences are more accessible like that? Because I mean, we know, I think everybody in Canada in a way kind of strives for what Quebec has, but but because in Quebec, it's a cultural thing, right? So Quebec has like their own little star system. They've got like trade papers and movies people go and see, and they have like Quebecois celebrities and stuff like that. Um, I feel like the rest of Canada, we're kind of trying to figure out how to duplicate that in a lot of ways. Do you guys think though, now that we've been in this time in comedy for the last almost a year and a half really at this point where everything is done from home. Everything's put out online. Everything is now made instantly for a global audience. Whereas before we were all trying to like hit the road, figure out a way how to build Canadian audiences. We were stuck in that regional thing. Do you guys think we've kind of skipped over that now at this point?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think it's, it's honestly, it's hard to be making any type of educated guess about what the next year is going to be. I think there's yeah. always all these things with the the pandemic. I think we're all like kind of eager to put a bow on what it is and what it means. But, but I think in reality, there's still going to be times like, man, like four years, four years from now, we'll be in the shower and we'll be like, whoa, my God, that <laughs> was wild. Yeah. yeah. So I don't even know for there yet in terms of what it's going to be. I will say that, Thank God for the internet, even as someone who admittedly has not done a great deal of work during the little pandemic. Uh, it's nice that the internet is available and is a tool that at least I have old videos that if I really set my mind to, I could clip and put on the internet.
0: It's true. What, what, what do you guys think it is about the, like... You know, uh, mentioning the Ottawa thing from earlier again, a lot of comics that came up through there over the decades have always said, like, "Well, it's it's because it's sort of this reaction of being stuck in this stuffy kind of a (laughs) gray-colored bureaucratic place." But there's something about the Maritimes. I mean, I I think a lot of our audience does kind of forget how much, how many comics and how much television and all this stuff was born in the Maritimes. And I mean, people think about the obvious recent one, the Trailer Park Boys and stuff like that. But I mean, in Canadian comedy, we're going all the way back to you know. Codco, and then this hour, and Rick Mercer, and Ron James, and Sean Majumder, and Nikki Payne, Kathy Jones—all that you could name names all day. Really, there's such a different flavor to it out there, though.
1: I think a big, um, a big part of it is like just to touch back on like how how great the internet's been for. You know, a lot of amazing people have have produced some great work with this pandemic. Like their backs are against the wall. All of our backs are against the wall. So you have yeah. to try and be innovative, but. Um, I think East Coasters, comedians in general love, we'll always go back to live performances. I mean, that's what we yeah. thrive on and that's what yeah. we do this for. But I think East Coasters even more so love, like there's a reason we're known for having kitchen parties or right. yeah. Like, yeah. people just gathering and storytelling and playing music. and And so now more than ever, like I've brought comedians here where, there's a lineup of people afterwards that are going up to people, going up to the comics and just being like, thank you for coming.
2: And uh, <laughs> yeah. just, yeah, like, thank you so
1: much. And like, w- when Matt was here, like my dad wouldn't stop talking to him. He's like, do you want to like, come over to our place for some food? Like, come on. Like, <laughs> oh, we just- <laughs> should get
2: him on here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Victor would not shut up. But it's, um, yeah, I think East coasters are, are even more in tuned with that and audiences alike. So I think that creates like a really interesting dynamic. So
0: like do shows out there, I mean, you know, I've only been like never really delved into it that much myself, but do shows out there have that feel to it where it's more of like this celebrational thing. Cause I think in cities like here in Toronto, you guys know, sort of in a way, depending where you're performing, but for the most part, there's sort of this remove, right? It's like, you go to the club, you do your set, Afterwards, you kind of leave, you don't really engage with anybody. There's this separation there. It's kind of like a New York light. In the East Coast, is it more of like a community thing? Like, is this more of like an event every time there's a show? It's felt
4: like that for me. Like people are so, like you go to a show in some small town community center, everybody goes and everyone's so excited about it. Whereas in Toronto, there's so many things you could do at any time, any night. Yeah, You, as the comic, feels lucky to have an audience, whereas here the people feel lucky to have a show to go see. That's been my experience, but I am not from here. I don't know if you guys agree.
3: Yeah, no, (laughs) book book shows are like that for sure. Open mics are still open mics.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Arguably worse in that sense, I, I might say.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the only, yeah, open mics out there. It's just now you're in front of 10 comics at the back of the room at 1am just looking at their phones. And <laughs> of them.
2: And yeah, so- but they're nicer to you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they're nicer to you. I, one thing we definitely saw this past, actually, even before the pandemic, really. I mean, one thing we've really learned or have been reminded of is just how resilient Canadian comics really are. Because, I mean, you all remember going back to a couple of years ago, just before the pandemic, the big sort of fight going on in Canadian comedy was comics trying to get their residuals back from from radio plays, right? And, And then all of that being swallowed up and sort of taken away. And comics formed a union. And comics had all these town halls and sort of worked together to get to rebuild this industry. Because, I mean, you guys all know Canadian comedy... The tough thing to eke out a living work. Everybody's kind of all going after the same handful of festivals and sort of the own, you know, the same sort of limited pool of money and audience and all that stuff. So we saw Canadian comics band together on that and create all this new stuff. And now sort of outlast a pandemic. I mean, one of the things I've been really repeating on this show lately is this past year during COVID. For a large part, it's been Canadian comics themselves that have been keeping things afloat. Not really the industry, because a lot of festivals went on pause. The networks just kind of rolled with stuff they already had. Comics have figured out a way how to use these platforms to their advantage and just survive, basically. We're going to come back with more of our Maritimes panel right here on The Roundup. We'll be back with more Inside Jokes. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
2: Hey, this is Roddy Colmer and Jay Brody. And you are listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640
0: Toronto. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and of course coast to coast, actually not just Canada-wide, worldwide on the Global News Radio network. If you happen to be stuck at home with the internet which we know you are uh we're coming back to our east coast comedy panel uh before the break i was kind of getting into you know how canadian comics have had to sort of survive the pandemic and figure out ways around this stuff and as we learned before canadian comics are tough they're resilient they figure this stuff out they have no quit so i'm gonna go to the panel sean hogan i can see you on the screen we'll kick it to you first (laughs) what was so, like, you remember when all those town halls and all that stuff was happening with the radio stuff being taken away, and then we went yeah. straight from that into the pandemic. On the East Coast, I mean, how how sort of removed is East Coast comedy from the industry dramas of the mainland, let's say?
1: Uh, I mean, thankfully, quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I think we have our own... Um, a good thing about this, like, the pandemic has fostered a really interesting... Um, uh, scene here basically yeah. we've had some like claire's come to pei i've moved back uh, another comedian dan Hendrickson, has moved here and so now we have this like really really great little scene um so i think we're kind of independent on the east coast like we don't i still pay attention to everything that's going on in toronto obviously and how miserable everybody are <laughs> <is>. <laughs> um I <hear> you. <laughs> but i yeah like we're thankfully removed from the drama, but then we can still take part in the important issues that come up. So I think that's a really good silver lining of being here in PEI specifically.
0: And hey, Sean, you referenced this before the break, but mm-hmm. what is a kitchen party?
1: What? Oh, you <laughs> poor soul. <dude. laughs> oh my God, ben, <laughs> uh, Oh my man. Lord. A kitchen hey, party- I'm a Toronto kid through and through, it, so I need to um, <laughs> A kitchen party is just a party, but everyone congregates in the kitchen because that's where the alcohol is yeah <laughs> oh,
0: okay so, so it's really self-explanatory yeah like everybody
1: oh, yeah. keeps going yeah. to the fridge but everybody just why don't we just you know party in the kitchen that's yeah. like a very literal thing vince yeah okay i just I to clarify
0: okay get my maritimes dictionary out to put it in kitchen party, well it also <laughs> happens in rural canada too vince like fargo where i'm from and stuff like that it's just with there's no like fiddles and stuff you know <laughs> there's less there's less music going on But I mean, Sean, I mean, you kind of hit on on a good point there too because I'm, you know, over the last decade before all this stuff happened, every couple of years there'd be like a different scene across the country that would sort of just dump their best comics into Toronto. There was always this feeling, and I mean, you were one of them. You made the move to Toronto. There was always this feeling that like, okay, I got to hit the clubs in Ottawa, make, you know, get some credits to my name, get a little bit of a rep point, and then I have to be in Toronto. We've seen this year during the pandemic so many comics have go- gone back to their home scenes and gone back to where they started out probably to be around family and stuff too. I'm sure. Yeah. But do of you course. think it matters so much anymore where you, where you're based out of? I mean, does uh, what difference is there if you're in Montreal or Moncton at this point? Like,
1: no, I don't think it, I don't think it can matter. I don't think it um, I mean, obviously when things open back up, people in Toronto are going to have an advantage in terms of more shows and more that's going to go back to normal. Eventually, same as New York, we're seeing, New York start to open up, you know, things like that, LA and everywhere in the States. But um, yeah, I think it's pushed people outside of their comfort zone. And I used to look at moving back home as kind of a failure in a way, in terms of like, in a very immature way, I'd be like, no, I can't go home. I can't. Once I did, I was just like, oh, this is where I can grow my voice. This is where I can be innovative and creative and start producing and then make a statement on the East Coast. So I think it's just beneficial. And then, you know, as soon as this is all over, I'll move back to Toronto.
0: Well, I mean, and actually, Claire, really. <laughs> good one to throw to you too. Because I mean, Sean, you you sort of figured that out in Toronto. As oversaturated as Toronto can be, mm-hmm. you did manage to build a sort of cult show here in Toronto. You built the Hangover Cure comedy show, which ran for years and comics loved doing it. So now going back home, you can build that stuff. I mean, Claire, same for you. I mean, you built up the Empress back in Alberta. You managed to do a thing, which a lot of Canadian or Toronto comics don't really realize which is you can get people to pay to see comedy on like a (laughs) sunday night
4: empress was free i don't know
2: (laughs) but you know what i mean like you can build (laughs) shows that i think someone scammed you man (laughs) (laughs) that's toronto man you gotta come (laughs) to a smaller (laughs) (laughs)
3: state
0: build these these shows in other places like there was always this idea that like Toronto is where I have to end up and I mean a big that sort of turned on its head a bit this year because we're in a city that has such huge numbers that everything did have to close so a lot of the other pockets in Canada were sort of able to do stuff that we weren't so I think we're going to see a lot of different hubs sort of spring up after all of this
4: yeah I think that the Maritimes like PEI is like the entertainment capital of the world right now, just because it's been the only place that's been consistently open and able to have shows. Yeah. So I think it does make a difference right now. Like if you're in Montreal or Moncton, like in Moncton, you can perform. (laughs) (laughs) There's a huge advantage.
0: (laughs) And and I mean, audiences that sort of, want to be there they want to be part of that thing like as you guys said before in Toronto there's always so much stuff going on at any given time one thing you'd run into in cities like Toronto that you probably won't find out there is people accidentally being at a comedy show (laughs) 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 which nobody loves (laughs)
4: and as a comic trying to like kind of break through to the next level the Maritimes have been a very beneficial place for me to be like in on in in Toronto I was getting like shows every night but it was seven minutes Whereas here I'm able to do, you know, full 45 to an hour shows as often as you can do a show
0: right now. But like, yeah,
4: yeah, still a big opportunity for me to grow.
0: And sort of build that stuff up. Matt Wright, I'm going to throw it over to you. How, How This past year for you, I mean, you're you know you're a jfl comic you're a club comic you're a festival comic you do hit the road a lot here in canada we do you know when stuff is open we do see you here in in toronto a fair bit and touring around what how much of a change has this year been for you just trying to work with what you have and like how much have you dipped your feet into these online streaming shows and all that
2: stuff almost Almost not at all all. (laughs) (laughs) i i don't i don't I don't feel uh, overly proud to say this, but uh, unless the money has been quite good, I have not done any Zoom shows. I don't, uh, and I I completely understand for people who, uh, you know, have wanted to do that and probably have benefited from doing that. And I will say the shows that I've done, I just certainly didn't hate, but I, for me, I was like, well, you know what? I have been. My model has always just been like try to write a lot of new jokes and. Yeah then travel, and then come back, work on a lot of new stuff, and then go again. And I've been doing that for like four years. And I only realized during this, I was like, oh, that's very, very tiring. So like all these (laughs) people, I keep hearing these people being like, this is how I stay sharp. And I was like, man, I just got worse. I just got a little (laughs) bit worse at comedy for a little while. There's time to rebuild. Uh, It'll be fine. But for now. I'm better at puzzles and I'm worse at company. (laughs) And that I think is more of the thing for me is just as as a man being like every now and then that's fine. It really doesn't make that big of a difference. I miss traveling and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I'm at the bottom of my game. Let's say that. <laughs> well, what a time to go to break. That right, I'm at the bottom of my game and I'm good at puzzles.
0: And that's as good a time as any to go to commercial. But we're going to come back. I want to I pick all of your brains on the writing thing, actually, because that's been sort of a two-sided coin for a lot of comics during this. Writing and the grind, the whole lifestyle of comedy, because I think there's a huge difference out on the East Coast as far as that goes. We're going to come back with more Inside Jokes. More of our comedy roundup right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
2: Inside Jokes on 640. I'm at the sock, and I don't know why I just did this.
0: Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby! It's our May comedy roundup. Everything East Coast. We have Sean, Claire, Matt, and Travis on the line with us. Uh, Before the break, we were talking about how East Coast comics were kind of removed in a a lot of ways from sort of the industry up and downs that have happened in the last couple of years. One thing I'm curious about with you guys, because this is sort of a catch-22 for a lot of comics, have you guys found it difficult with so much stuff on pause? I mean, you have been doing things on the East Coast much more than we have here in in Toronto and across Ontario, but do you guys find it difficult to write when you're not getting out on stage every single night to sort of hone that material? Because we're all sort of living through this same exact shared thing, and a lot of comics find it hard to write j- new material when they're not constantly hitting mics and just working stuff out. I'll throw that to anybody. Maybe Travis.
3: I've found it very hard. Uh, not just because I can't do mics, but because I can't do anything. And half <laughs> my sh- is storytelling.
0: Yeah. And mm.
3: you can't tell a story if you're just sitting on your f- couch. There's no. I'm not, you know, I am, like, racking my brain. Like, I'll just look around the room and I'll like, oh, olives. And then I'll just sit and stare and I like, nothing, there's nothing there. All of those aren't funny ever. Like, it's like, I need to get out and I need to experience, I need to be around people. I need to see crazy. <laughs> I mean, thankfully the internet has a plethora of stupid people and things where I've been able to pull yeah. from that. And, and my more observational material has, I've been able to focus more on, but what I like doing in storytelling is been, uh, brutal. With, without being able to go to like PEI or go to like right now, we're in our third lockdown here in Halifax. I've done stand up in a month, and this has been probably the longest point during this pandemic. I haven't done it. Uh, so, for a lot of people, that probably sounds like, oh, whatever, you know, you've been lucky. But um, like right now, this has been the longest slog of not having shows and not being able to develop material and. I think a lot of people are feeling that, uh, especially like the deeper we get into this. I feel rusty. As I got a show Saturday. It's going to be bad.
1: Hey, <laughs> that's my plug.
0: Travis's show Saturday night. It's <laughs> going to be awful. <laughs> I can't.
2: I can't say enough how much I respect that you just plugged a show that is going to be happening uh Before this, pu- this even comes out, and you oh, said, that's true. That, that is delightful to me. <laughs> you
1: know, we'll hang it
0: after, and we'll say, actually, you know what? It was pretty good. It was all yeah, right. Yeah,
3: yeah. It'll, it'll be manageable. It'll I think be.
0: Jim Gaffigan maybe could do like a thing with olives, but uh, anyways, you know. There is, <laughs> there is one thing that is I think has been happening though, and I mean it's certainly true. You know, in places like here in Toronto, I mean, you guys all know this, especially I mean Sean and Claire, having lived here for as long as you guys did there's you get sucked into this thing where comedy is such an all-encompassing because it's a weird job to begin with it's a lifestyle job it becomes this all-encompassing thing where literally all you know is running around from room to room every night and being on stage every single night so it gets difficult to do that but actually find the space to just be a normal person and breathe for five seconds and live life I think if there is a silver lining to all of this there's not but still a lot of comics have found that this has sort of forced them into a place where they're stepping back a bit and going oh yeah family and friends and I'm a normal person do you guys think this will sort of breathe something new into your comic comedy coming out of this because I think a lot of audiences after all this is over aren't probably aren't going to want to watch 90 minutes of let's talk about the thing that we all just lived through I definitely feel
4: like it's like, because I didn't leave Toronto until October. So I was there for the first wave and didn't get to do any shows or anything for a long time. And then when I got here and had the opportunity to, I was so excited and and like so motivated and I had this like rejuvenated excitement for it. Like I've been writing more since getting out, like since getting out here more consistently and like refining stuff, be more careful, with each set that I get than I had for years in Toronto. So I think that it, for me, it has been, there's a weird silver lining. Although, yeah, I don't wanna say that,
0: but. No, but it, it is true in a way. Like, there's a lot of comics that go, you know, I normally was just hustle, 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 that's it, because those mics are there and because that's sort of, sort of what you have to do in Canadian comedy because everybody's going after the same handful of festivals and the same sort of, you know, heritage shows to get on in the same club stages and all that stuff. It has sort of forced people to stay take a step back and sort of, reevaluate things i mean sean for you being back home you were a big part of that lifestyle here how much of and of course everything's different right now but in general how much of a different sort of pace of life is that for you as a comic
1: uh, i mean it can be it can be a battle mentally because um you know the span of time in between shows can really get to you in terms of like when you're in toronto if you're having a huge span of time in between shows you feel like you're not working hard enough and you feel right. like you're so that really starts to get to you. Yet here you don't have a choice, um, which makes things kind of interesting. Actually, it makes it like what what Travis was talking about in terms of writing new material. Here, like if I book a corporate, I need to like I write new material for that corporate. Or if I'm headlining like twenty, I'm hoping to do at least twenty minutes of new stuff because that's the only time. Like you don't have an open mic that yeah. you can just jump yeah. onto and do with no pressure like you're trying to build your audience here so every show you do whether you want to admit it or not there's a pressure on you to get these people to become a fan of yours and luckily there's only like four comedians on PEI so, we, <laughs> uh, top four. so yeah. Uh, yeah automatic top four maybe um but yeah it, it forces you to to uh, really work on those skills and to work on honing a joke as much as you can before you perform it in front of people. Um, So there are some silver linings, but, but yeah, I can still, I don't know if that answered your question and good (laughs) night everybody.
0: I think by the way, Sean, maybe that I, I I feel like part of what, what made your show here in Toronto, the success that it was and especially fun for other comics to do like comics. How did you nonstop to get on that show? It became a Mm -hmm. show that people very much respected and wanted to do i think because you did breathe that east coast thing into it you did breathe that sort of kitchen party thing into it where it was this outdoor celebrational thing the audience was very engaged with the comics it was an event there was oh yeah they
1: were they were there there for the show yeah people were people became a fan of the comedians that performed on that show very much and then they would also request bits, which annoyed the hell. <laughs> <laughs> it like, no. Because it, you know, we don't see
0: that a lot, especially in a hub like Toronto where there's seven di- million different mics going on at any mm-hmm. given time and there's so much stage time. So it's tough to sort of stand apart from the crowd and sort of create something that's a little bit different. All right, we're gonna go to break, but we'll come back with more of our May roundup panel and find out what people are plugging, what mm-hmm. people have been working on, and where we see things going and maybe i i kind of want to find out how awkward some of those corporates have been this year too because i've heard a few horror stories we'll come back with more inside jokes right here on global news radio 640 toronto 40 toronto we're checking in with comics out on the east coast and actually sean hogan touched on something right before the break and matt i wanted to get your take on this did you do much corporates during this whole thing well you said you didn't have to do any zooms so because we were talking to kate davis a couple weeks ago about that and she was like you know they pay well and stuff but like corporates were always awkward and terrible in person on zoom it's like a whole other level
2: yeah yeah I mean, I did a couple corporates and this is not a very good radio story because if you want to talk about corporate hell gigs, I've got some in my back pocket, but my Zooms have been perfectly adequate. (laughs) (laughs) I can't complain too much, to be honest.
0: It is tough, though. I mean, you know, everybody else on the panel has has dipped your feet into those to varying degrees, I'm sure. But it is tough because it's sort of... uh, it's not, it's not, ne- it's never going to be the thing. It's never going to be the same as being there live in the room and doing what you're supposed to be doing. It's sort of this weird placebo that a lot of people have yeah. just been sort of, you know, pigeonholed into doing this year. Claire, have you, have you d- dipped into much of that stuff? I mean, I know you were based here in Toronto for like three quarters of the pandemic until you made the move. I, yeah, I've done a couple. They like, I, I they've gotten better. I feel like we sort
4: of figured out the format uh, but, yeah, I did one. I was hosting uh, a show. It was me and two magicians, and it was really <laughs> bad.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's
1: been delightful sometimes, too.
0: That's a, That's a recipe for pain, even if it was in a live venue, though. That's not good really you know all right we're gonna go around the panel and find out what people have been working on and where people can find your stuff online i know people have albums and old specials and things like that Let, we're gonna let's go to travis Lindsay first because uh, you're killing <laughs> it on the plugs so far today for sure thank where you. can we find you good sir uh, well, you can find, uh, you can find my album.
3: The kid is all right. That is on, uh, iTunes and all that jazz, wherever you want to f- Spotify, but you know, go to a place where I'm going to get some money and not just make Joe Rogan richer, please, you know, help me out a little there. Um, yeah, I got a show and can I preference that? Like my awful is still like a killer middle, like, can I, like <laughs> it's stuff I'm not happy with, but I, it'll be good in that sense. Uh, other than that, um, watch uh 22 minutes next season and then just compliment me um i'll be writing on that and uh that's about it i got a podcast i'm restarting back up called the church common sense uh i'm in the middle of moving right now so i've had that on hiatus uh so uh look out for that and uh i'm sorry for all the ears with my f-bombs uh i haven't talked <laughs> to people in forever
0: we, we caught it travis travis what's your instagram
3: What you? uh the travis Lindsay. um yeah, so, yeah, you can Google that narcissistic uh, name tag and uh, find my face there. I'll be the only black guy holding the microphone.
0: There we go. Fantastic. And, of course, 22 minutes. Nice plug there. Matt Wright, where can we find you? Uh,
2: my All my social medias are at Matt Wright Comic. That's uh, W-R-I-G-H-T and uh i also have an album called existing is exhausting which is up for juno this year so i'm excited about that so watch the junos yeah. and check out my podcast is called the joe rogan experience <laughs> <laughs> i'm actually getting did I? Oh, whoops. I, uh, I do have a. Uh, oh, it's Travis rubbing off on me. Yeah. I do have a podcast. It's called Canadian Puxedo. And we're talking about all the Canadian hockey teams uh, while they still exist in the playoffs. And it comes out weekly. So if you like hockey, check that out. But if you don't, nice. don't. You won't like it at all. But if you like hockey, you might. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> there we go.
0: We'll go over to Sean Hogan back home in PEI. Uh, you always are spinning different plates, man. So what have you been up to this whole time?
1: Uh, I have live shows coming up that none of you can go to. <laughs> uh, I <laughs> those are going to be great, huh, ten out of ten. Um, you know, you can find me on Instagram at uh, it's really me, Sean Hogan, um, because there's other Sean Hogans out there, and I don't like them very much. And, Probably uh, so, yeah. Uh, and usually, I just use Facebook to uh, look me up on Facebook because that's where I post. Um, that's where I will promote shows. Basically, it's the only thing I use Facebook for because it's uh, it's evil. And um, yeah. yeah, I have a couple projects coming up on the East coast that I want to, uh, I will be plugging very hard, very soon. Um, but unfortunately I need to ink the old paper on them first before I properly promote them, but uh, keep an eye on my social media and, and they'll be coming out shortly. And, uh, and yeah, I hope Matt Wright wins. In
0: there we go. Yeah. And listen to his podcast too. Last but not least uh, you know, if we're covering a specific province in Canadian comedy, there's a good chance at least one of the Belfords will be that that to... <laughs> Claire Belford, where can we find you? What have you been up to?
4: Uh, I, I just recorded my first album here in Charlottetown, so that's yeah. whoa. Right to. on. Yeah, it's going to come out on Comedy Records uh, early July. Uh I think it's going to be called The Entire Cabbage. I, that's <laughs> what. <when I'm...
1: laughs> oh, I just want to say I was in the audience for that recording and it was killer
4: (laughs) thanks john um and then otherwise uh i've got i'm supposed to be a bubble provided i'm supposed to be hosting in st john at the punchlines comedy club there june 24th
1: and 25th oh it's me oh yeah (laughs)
4: here we go
3: i'll be
1: headlining that show i forgot about that okay this is how small the east
2: coast scene
4: is hey yeah it's you again (laughs) i'm at claire belford on twitter and at carbell on instagram
0: There we go. Thank you so much, Sean, Matt, Claire, Travis. That is our panel. That is the East Coast. And don't forget, you can listen to all of our episodes right back to the very beginning on Global News Online. We'll be back next week. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy RX. This week's Comedy RX features Travis Lindsay.
3: My name is Travis Lindsay, as you heard, and that is a terrible black guy name. That's a. It's a garbage, it's not a cool black guy name at all. When you hear it, you don't think black guy at all. I can tell, like here's proof. When I came out, you guys clapped and then you actually saw me and you're like, that name does not match the, that's, it's a Trayvon maybe, but that's not a, it's not a Travis. His name sounds like he works at Starbucks, but his skin says he gets kicked out of them. So I can Black people she could have named me after. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. I was born in 1992. There's a couple more years you could have named me OJ. She goes, No. <laughs> no. Travis. Tra- it's not even the worst part of my name. My middle name? Jesse Ray. <laughs> Travis Jesse Ray Lynn. A banjo should play after I introduce myself. <laughs> <you. laughs>